Welcome to My COVID Diary. My name is Andrea Hardacre and this is My COVID Diary. Like everybody else worldwide, I'm trying to get to grips with a whole new lifestyle during the corona pandemic. I decided to chart my journey here. April 2nd, 2020. Today has been another mixed day. Lockdown UK seems to have turned so many of us into observers of life. We watch what's happening in the world from behind a pane of glass or computer screen. It's a strange way to live, and as time goes on, it's taking some getting used to. I've worked from home for several years now, as has my other half. We share an office, so we are used to working around each other, giving each other enough space to get on with things and respecting each other's need to concentrate. We rarely argue which is incredible given the circumstances, and when we do, it's never over anything worth dwelling on. Paul enjoys being at home and working from home. He's never been that fussed about socialising, and tends only to come out when I drag him. I, on the other hand, love to be among people, to watch or take part in live events, have a coffee and a natter. For a long time we spoke about moving back to Scotland when the kids had flown the nest. I wanted to live somewhere remote, peaceful. Paul was hesitant. You're a chatterbox. You like being around folk, he said. No, I insisted. You've got me all wrong. I like a view, silence, countryside. He glanced at me, smiled and shook his head. He is, of course, right. The truth is, I like the idea of a view, quiet and living somewhere remote, just like I love the idea of being quiet and remote. I once told a very good friend that I'd always wanted to be pensive, a deep thinker, someone slightly mysterious. She spat her coffee all over the table. Just be who you are, she said, attempting to cover her smile. What I love about that particular friend is that she is pensive and thoughtful. She's one of those people who's happy to observe life and is wonderful to be around in a crisis. I can imagine she's very thoughtful at the moment. What I also love about her is that she wholeheartedly accepts me for who I am and I really enjoy her amusement when I tell her who I'd like to be. She clearly thinks of no chance, but that's okay. Again... We both know she's right. Being around other people keeps me challenged and focused. It stops my brain from overthinking. It keeps me present. There's a large part of me that's never fully grown up. So if I'm left alone for any amount of time, I save up words and they can come spilling out at the speed of a freight train. Paul's a big football fan, but his team's ground is over two hours drive away. He's often returned on a Saturday night, weary from a long drive, bewildered, attempting to take off his coat while I rabbit on at him about every single thought that's entered my mind in the hours since he left. 
I'm so lucky he puts up with me. Chatting to my mum yesterday, she mentioned that because she's been forced to stay inside, she can't help ruminating over days gone by. And I think that's a thing that may well be happening to others. It's something about our lives being on hold that makes us think more. But I notice it a lot in elderly people who aren't able to get out much. Their focus is constantly on what's behind them and rarely on what's in front. I know this is happening to me now. I wake in the night to find the ghost of my past waiting to drag its spindly fingers down my spine, the stench of regret hovering in the air. If I'm not stressing over days gone by, I'm worrying about days to come. It's a bit like being in a boxing ring. The should-have-dones in one corner, the never-wills in another. I think that's why small mundane chores are so important right now. Cooking, cleaning up, and even, dare I say it, weeding. Anything that keeps my mind from wandering into dangerous territory. I'm lucky in that I can distract myself. But sometimes that means that when I do glance back up at life, I get a shock. The realisation that so many people are dying right now, that this virus still lurks. It never fails to catch me off guard and send me reeling. One of the things I've been ruminating on is the idea of home. This is something I've wrestled with for a long time, but I'm really feeling it right now. I've lived in Yorkshire now for 19 years, having moved down when I was pregnant with my son. At the time, I didn't give it much thought. I was used to moving about with my job and I'd lived all over Scotland during my working life. But gradually, as the kids grew older, I noticed a homesickness creeping up on me. When we first moved, we lived in Howarth, West Yorkshire. The idea of settling in such a historic village appealed to me, especially with the Bronte connection. We found a really nice Victorian house which we renovated and Paul had his office in a spacious outhouse across the road. Everything seemed to be fine, except it wasn't. I found the winters in Howarth unbearable. It was something to do with the sky, that skeletal greyness, and the buildings so dark and austere. The landscape, too, seemed to blacken in the colder months, and it got to a point where I knew I couldn't face another bleak January shivering in a draughty old house. We moved over to Ilkley. I was working there at the time. The grandparents were nearby, and it made a lot of sense. The town is lighter, the buildings are lighter, the city is merely a train journey away, the moorland was on my doorstep, yet still those grey skies. But it's more than that. It's a feeling of not quite belonging, of being somehow displaced. Last night some friends from an open mic I attend posted songs online and one of them was about Otley, next town along from here. It's a small yet incredibly musical and arty town, just a few miles from where I live. It's a tight-knit community. Everybody knows everybody. I've many friends who've lived there for years, some of them Scottish and few of them actually born there, yet it's definitely their home. So I started thinking about what the word home actually means. I'm happy with where I live and I'm happy with who I'm living with. I have a life here which I enjoy and yet 
There's that part of me, whatever you want to call it, that still considers another country to be home. When I see images of Scotland on television, I'm reduced to tears. And when I go back there, I find it hard to leave. I feel more myself somehow when I'm there. But perhaps that's just some romantic notion I carry in my heart. Perhaps it doesn't exist in the same way I imagine. I often wonder if my feelings for Scotland aren't similar to the feelings of someone who's still hung up on their first love. They spend their whole life married to someone else, longing for a reunion. And when it comes, they realise just how far they've drifted apart. They were actually better off with the person they married. Home is probably one of those things I'm best not to ruminate on then. Part of it belongs in my past, part of it could be my future. But we can't help carry our pasts. They're the shadows that drag at our heels, informing our every move. And we can't help hoping to control our future, those shape-shifting beasts that dance before us before gliding out of sight, out of reach. Once again, all I've got is now, in the home that Paul and I have made. So in my mum's words, I'm better just to stop thinking and get on with it. I've decided a good distraction in the house would be to have a games night. We haven't really done much as a family since lockdown. We all live in the same space, but are still living relatively separate lives. So I'm going to get some of the old games out that we used to play. That means there's going to be a lot of competition in the house. It also means that I'm probably going to lose. There might be a few arguments along the way. But whatever happens, I promise I'll keep you informed. <laughs>